Hi, I'm Jen Turner, and I'm a psychic medium. Hi, I'm Nadia Thorman, and I'm like the Ryan Seacrest to her Teresa Caputo. And we're here to have a normal conversation about weird stuff. Welcome to The Soul Spot. Hi, everyone. (laughs) We're back. Welcome to the Soul Spot. Welcome. Um, I'm really excited for this week's episode. I know. I am, too. Because we've been talking about this for so long. In fact, I was like, have we done this one before? And you're like, I think so. And then we looked and we hadn't. We just talk about it all the time. All the time. Have we done a podcast since you officiated officiated the wedding? I don't think so. Yeah, I can't. I have like no sense of time or space right now. Well, I know we ended our last season in the summer at some point. Okay. And I think that it was with the hopes of like returning in the fall. Right, right, right. Which never happened. It's okay. It's fine. We got busy. Yeah. Um, so, no, we have not done a podcast about the wedding. No, okay. So, our besties got married last year. Shout out to Adam and Sean, and you were the officiant. It was such an honor. I was also in the wedding. Yes. It was the most beautiful, um, fantastic day. It was breathtakingly beautiful and just filled with so much love. And I feel like this subject kind of was like on the heels of like inspired by talking about we talked about it a lot during that time because of Adam and Sean. Because of Adam and Sean and because it was my first time officiating a wedding and I was like, I need it to have some spirituality, like some spiritual truth. Like instead of it just being, you know, like of course filled with love and all of like the tradition in it, I needed like a point that just rang true to me for their relationship. Right. Right. And so this is what kind of stood out. And in fact, we were listening to it, I think when we were driving to the bachelor party. What were we listening to? We were listening to, or we were talking. No, we were recording a podcast. Oh. <laughs> Maybe we did talk about it. <laughs> Hold the phone. Let's rewind. Let's see if we did this. We, no, we, 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 okay, listen. I remember now. Okay. We recorded a podcast in the car on the way to their bachelor party. We did. Yes, we did. Okay, that's what we're thinking of. But we also, maybe it was on the way home then, because we listened to part of that book, right? Of the, no? What book? (laughs) A Course in Miracles. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, okay. There's two things. Number one, when we recorded a podcast on the way to their bachelor party, it was about the Course in Miracles. Okay. So I don't know if we listened to it on the way home or what. I think I, you know, I blacked out. You know what? It doesn't matter anyways, (laughs) because we're going to talk about it now. So... Here it goes. (laughs) We're going to talk about the concept of a holy relationship versus a special relationship. Okay. Can you break this down for me? So a holy relationship, actually, let me talk about special first. So a special relationship is a type of relationship between two people where the premise is I like you and you like me. And I'm going to keep doing everything I think that you like in me. So you keep liking me. And you, I love you so much that you complete me. Mm-hmm. And while this is like very romantic, is very flawed. Because it's the idea that I am then going to look to you to complete my needs 
my happiness, my wholeness, and then I am going to scrutinize everything you do because you cannot fail because you complete me. So what you're talking about is kind of like every everyone who's ever had it for the bad boy or even not maybe not even that, but just taking a relationship and putting putting too much on that person, right? Because it's like the it's only complete if you're doing exactly what I need or you're out of reach or it's kind of like this like toxic like yeah am I am I getting yeah. this right yeah and it's a it's a dance between two masks right so it's the ego dance of mm. it's the ego dance of I'm never going to show you all of my true parts because I'm only going to show you the parts of you that I think you like so I'm going to be all of what I think you think is perfect and you need to keep being perfect too. Right. Because you complete me. Right. So it's like flawed in both senses of like an extreme pressure on self to say, I can not just show you all of me. And then an extreme pressure on you because you can't be all of you. You have to be pretty perfect to kind of fulfill me. Okay. Right? So it becomes this um, really toxic and you can kind of tell a special relationship because um, there is so much judgment on one another. Can people be in a special relationship with each other where they're both putting that same thing on each other? Most of the time, that's how it is. Okay. Most of the time, that's how it is. Because I think with them, when you've graduated from um, that ego place into the soul place, you don't crave the ego anymore in someone else. Right. So you don't really attract that. Mm-hmm. So um, typically, yes, like it would be, they kind of are matched with each other. Right. So that idea of this special relationship, I think is so fascinating. Um, and I think that it is how a lot of relationships start. I think that a lot of relationships and special relationships end. And I think that there's no judgment placed on it. It's a learning experience. Right. You know, it's like totally this place of learning of like, wow, I was really in my ego with that. Mm -hmm. Or wow, I really did place so much judgment on that person. And I look at my own personal relationships and I'm like, I was such a crazy bitch when like I was so hyper focused on like all the flaws of certain people or in my even early in my marriage where it's like, I'm just going to hyper-focus on all the things they need to fix right. to make me happy. Right. And you, I mean, I right? think there's a lot of super grown-ups that still do this. Like, this is such a lesson in kind of spiritual growth because the minute you stop projecting, 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 is the moment you realize, like, everything that you're projecting on other people whether it be in a relationship or not, is really... You. Yeah, something that you need to work on. It's all about you. So um, that's fascinating, and I love this description of a special relationship. Okay, so what's a holy relationship? So a holy relationship is the soul relationship. So it's to say, without ego, this is me. And here I am with all of my flaws and all of my baggage, and I said in the ceremony of like all of my mommy and daddy issues, here I am. Yep. And this is me. Can you hold it? Can you see it and can you hold it? Mm -hmm. And it requires so much faith and trust and vulnerability in like just being the naked self in front of someone else. Right. 
And it takes so much strength and spiritual growth of the other person to say, yes, I can hold it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then so if I'm saying this is all of me and then I also can look at you and say, I love and see and honor all of you with all of your mommy and daddy issues, mm-hmm. with all of your baggage on your ugliest day. Right. I see you. Right. And I honor you. And I'm not here to fix you or change you because you are whole Mm -hmm. and I am whole and together we make a holy union. And so it's the difference between completing each other versus being whole and choosing each other. Mm -hmm. And when we spoke so much, um, about this, you know, over the summer and doing Sean and Adam's wedding, I felt like they were such a beautiful example of a holy relationship. I think any kind of homosexual relationship requires like a lot of faith in each other to say, can, can I trust this? And can I hold this? Like there's a lot of insecurity around that just naturally. Right. And because so, of a lot of traumas from the past. Yep. And we know these traumas, right? right? So it's like to say, am I going to be judged? Am I, are you going to turn on me? Are you going to, I need to present, I need to be perfect and therefore earn, therefore be worthy of your love. And instead it just being like, Hey, I'm not perfect. Right. And here's all of me on my ugliest day. Mm-hmm. And that was Sean and Adam in so many amazing ways that we got to witness. And then them being able to say like, not only will I choose you, I'm going to give you this space in this holy relationship for you to heal yourself. Right. And that's what I said in the, uh, in the ceremony is that a holy relationship is a hospital for the soul. I love that. I mean, that's the biggest gift you can give your partner. But also, like, it makes me think about something I've been thinking about lately, which is that a lot of this um, healing journey and spiritual growth stuff, like it's not linear. No. And it's, it's really cool when you can get to the point to like accept that. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, you're going to always kind of be on this linear path to the top of the mountain, but there's going to be lots of dips along the way. Right. And you're going to have these like aha moments and these epiphanies and you're going to have these like, hardships that are going to like, you know, bring you down to the ends of the earth. And then if you're lucky enough to be in a relationship where the person sitting across from you can like hold you through that and honor you and be there for you without judgment. And you can do the same for them. Like that's so beautiful. Right. And I think a lot of us, maybe even if relationships start out special, they can become holy relationships as long as each person is willing to do the work individually. Completely. You know, that's kind of what it is, right? It's the same, like, we were talking last episode about you can't tell somebody that they need to get sober. Right. Right? That needs to all come from within. It's the same way in any kind of healing path we're on. Um, you know, wherever we we find ourselves, like, it all has to come from within. And you cannot, until you give yourself that space and forgiveness it's hard to have that for somebody else, right? Because if you're always constantly criticizing yourself and putting all these unrealistic expectations on yourself and putting yourself down, like you you can't live up to that. There's no space for grace. But when we learn to do that is when we learn to do that for other people too. 
right? You know, it's this constant act of like forgiveness and self-love and, and, and honoring that for your partner as well, seeing, okay, they're on this path right now and I have to like be there for them with kindness and compassion and the same way that I would expect that for me, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, and that's like a love that stands the test of time. <laughs> I mean, and it is so hard to get there. It's really hard, yeah. But it is the, it is the feeling of um, I am whole. Mm-hmm. And like just that in general, to be able to say I am healthy and whole and healed, like that is um, that is the journey, that is the practice, that is the work that we try to do. And when you can kind of get to these place, that place of it, you love differently. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you just from my own experience, and we talked about this before, and you kind of started laughing because you, because Dave, I think when we were talking, my husband, when we were talking about the ceremony and the speech and everything, um, he was like, wait, is ours holy or special? <laughs> He's like, do we have a special relationship or a holy relationship? And I was like, we had a special relationship that turned holy. Mm-hmm. And you were like, there it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was always some recognition in Dave and I of, like, we're just each other's people. There's just no escaping that. Like, that is just kind of, he's my soul, I'm his soul. Like, we can't, we've tried. (laughs) We can't, we can't not be together, you know? Like, this is just how it is. But, um, but, and, like, maybe I'm kind of oversharing, but I think it was probably two years ago when it was, like, our 10-year anniversary, 10 years of marriage, and I looked at him and I said, oh my God, I finally trust you. Wow. Dave has never, ever given me even like the slightest inch to not distrust him. Right. He is the most trustworthy person in the world. He's an Enneagram six. He is the most loyal, mm-hmm. loving, trustworthy man. Um, it was all me. Yeah. Oh, totally. It was all me. Totally. So to love him in a way of saying, oh my gosh, I, I want to love you to where I give you enough freedom and space and support and trust to heal whatever parts of yourself you need to heal. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to support it. Mm-hmm. With such a shift in our dynamic. Totally. Well, because, um, I mean, the tale as old as time is when people put these walls up, right? And a lot of times when people, whether they're in a relationship or single, they can't seem to find love in their lives. And I say in a relationship too, because you know if people in these like, you know, loveless marriages or people in these relationships that aren't healthy. Totally, yeah. But it's like single or in a relationship, if you have these walls around you, that are are keeping you from any kind of vulnerability. You're always like going around the world in your armor. You're never going to get to that holy love. No. You're never going to get to that holy relationship because you're not letting yourself be loved. And I know this comes with baggage and years of trauma and people have been through so much and you know, things from childhood even. Yes. And like there's a reason people behave the way they do. But I think like for the individual, because we know we can't change other people, but for the individual to look at yourself and say, okay, what can I do better? If I say I want love or if I say I want this holy, long-lasting relationship, what can I do to make that happen? How am I behaving that is keeping me from the things that I and I say I want to attract in my life, but how are my actions not aligning with that, yep. right? Like, 
to really look at yourself in the mirror and say, what am I doing that is not aligning with the things I supposedly want? Right. And a lot of people would have like a long list of things that they could shift their behavior on. And you know, it's not easy because it's like, obviously you're talking about a lot of vulnerability and a lot of like unhealed trauma or whatever. But at the same time, it's like just baby steps, right? Like just one day at a time, like try to shift one little behavioralism uh, on, on how you could be maybe not showing up for yourself. Exactly. Because I was going to exactly. ask, I almost said your partner, but really it's yourself. It's yourself. It's yourself. I love that. You know? And, and I think that, um, like, here's, here's kind of the, the main point of it, too, is that it's mostly the women, in my, in my readings at least, yeah. it's mostly the women um, wanting to control the husbands. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, honestly what it is. is yeah. They want them to have a better job. They want them to be a better father. They want them to be a better listener. They're not making them happy. They're, they're not meeting the expectation in so many different ways. And that's usually um, the majority of the readings that I have mm-hmm. is that the husband is not meeting expectation in so many different ways. And so it's very, very interesting because so much of that is the projection and saying like they're not perfect and they need to be to complete me because they're not making me happy. And therefore, um, something's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And when we know spiritually that nobody can make somebody happy. Right. right. That's like an impossibility. You have to make yourself happy. Right. So how, what is it that he's doing mm-hmm. that you are holding so strong to? And if you guys haven't listened to the last episode of detachment, it goes hand in hand because, um, if you can detach and remove your energy from them and give them a little bit of room mm-hmm. to figure this out, it can go a really long way. Totally. I think mean, this is so huge. Right. Yeah. I'm going to give you an example from my personal life. Yeah. There's a gazillion yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from uh, different clients, but here's one is that, um, this is probably like early thirties. Okay. Like if Dave said he was going to be home by 10 o'clock and he came home at like 1045 tipsy, I would lose my shit. Mm-hmm. It's like he crossed a line. Right. Like it's disrespectful. How dare you? Blah, 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 blah. If I showed up 45 minutes late, a little tipsy, mm-hmm. Dave's response would be, good for you, babe. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. <laughs> you deserve it. Obviously. <laughs> like, let your hair down. Yeah. Like, no, no yeah. worries. Did you have fun? Did you have a good time? Like, you mm-hmm. really earned that. Yeah. I'm just so happy for you. Right. And I'm there now. Right. Good. I'm there now. It's yeah. like whatever day it's like, I want him to live the most fulfilled, happy life possible. And I want to watch and I want to be by his side and I want to support him mm-hmm. like through and through, but it took all the healing had to do with me. Totally. And it's funny because I'm not remembering the exact example, but just a few weeks ago, I had some kind of kerfuffle with Jerome where I I forgot what we were talking about, but I kind of was just like snippy with him, right? Yeah. Where I was like annoyed and snippy or whatever. And then I had to like hang up the phone and be like, this is all my own shit. Like, yeah. I, I had that minute where I was like, I'm not irritated with him for that. I'm irritated with, with another thing that's not his problem, but yeah. that I can't control, yeah. right? Like some different scheduling issue that yeah, has nothing to do it with out on him. him. Yes. And so I literally like, 
you know, this is where the growth comes in. I literally, like, it took a minute, and then I think I called him back, and I was like, I'm really sorry that I just snapped at you because, honestly, it has nothing to do with you. It's my own shit, and I'm just irritated by X, Y, and Z. And it's actually not you at all. <laughs> I go, I find what you, that, that thing, whatever it was, I honestly can't remember. I'm like, I find it slightly irritating, but it's, like, not a big deal. Right, right, right. It's like, it was just... My reaction was, yes. wasn't indicative of, like, right. what you were actually saying. It was piled on something yep. else, and that's all my own shit. Yeah. And it really has nothing to do with you, but you were just the person that's always there. Right. <laughs> and you're the person that I talk to all the time, so right. here we go. And, I think, and that's marriage. And I think that and that's, that's... marriage. You know? And I think, yeah, I think a lot of, like, being able to recognize what's your shit and what's not somebody else's is, like... As long as you can have, like, a quick refractory period and get back to, like, reality. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's important to just own it. Totally. <laughs> and it's, it is the removing of our energy onto something. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, to be able to say, I'm going to give them room to figure it out, work it out, come to that conclusion on their own and I will be here in a supporting, loving way. Right. And I think that, you know, when we talk about the special relationship for the holy versus the holy relationship is there's nothing in each other that we need to fix. Right. We just need to honor it. Right. We just need to find those great pieces of each other and honor that. And we need to give each other room to heal ourselves instead of trying to heal each other or fix each other or... Uh, micromanage each other right give them space and give them like a warm place to land like a soft landing if they get off track and I think that you know going back to the Sean and Adam thing is that it's it's what I see so much in their relationship and I do honor that so much in them um and to say I love somebody wholly and fully um means that I'm capable of loving myself wholly and fully. Right. And when I said that about Dave after 10 years of marriage, saying I trust him now, is that I love myself wholly and fully for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that even if he were to walk away, I'm okay. 100%. Yep. That's it. My happiness isn't solely dependent on you. Right. Totally. I mean... Brava. <laughs> I mean, listen, like it, you know, it's, it's a long journey, but it's, I hope, I hope it resonates with some people because I have a lot of clients who are, you know, late twenties, early thirties who are learning these lessons yeah. right now. And it's like, oh my gosh, please listen before you say I do. Please listen. Please listen. So what would your advice be to somebody you're talking, so you're talking to clients who are like complaining about things about their husband what would your advice be then to honor their themselves and kind of remove their energy from like the things that they're nitpicking about with their husbands or whatever? Yeah, I mean, remove the energy. Remove the energy off them. You can love them and you can support them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you some examples because I think this is important. Do we have time? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a few examples that I want to share. Um, I have a client who the majority of them, um, want them to change jobs. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're in this generation now where I'm sure you see this too. The females are the breadwinners and they're the caretakers and they just have a lot of fucking responsibility on themselves. Mm -hmm. And 
so now we have this generation, like those late 20s, early 30s, of these girls just being fed up. Right. It's like, he's not making enough money. I have to do everything. I do it all. Kind of what's the point. Right. Right. Um, so I have a, you keep looking at the clock like, I am I? Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I, I feel like. It's I'm just running. a tick at this point. Because okay. Because uh, let me just break the fourth wall. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, are we we, running out of time? We never had a timer on our show before, like, but we have this timer thing now. Is it? So I just keep looking at it, but I don't. But it's not because you're rushing me. No, 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 no. Take all the time you need. Okay. Okay. Or I didn't know if you had like a a number in mind. No, it's just it was like it's it's becoming now a visual tick, but that's okay. Okay. I'm here. I'm here with you spiritually and physically. I'm really (laughs) glad we talked that out. Yeah. yeah. I don't like getting worse. Okay, so your husband um, needs to make more money. Okay. Okay, and this is the big thing. And I'm going to control it, and I'm going to redo his resume, and I'm going to even apply to jobs for him, and I'm going to look at all the jobs that I know are going to be best fit for him, and we're going to match it up, and we're going to stay on him and make him a to-do list in the morning. This becomes like a mother dynamic, Mm -hmm. too, and that's another problem. It's a big problem. Because, like, they they don't want moms. The same way we don't want dads. (laughs) <laughs> totally. Totally. You know? And then there's this generation of men who, who need that direction too. Right. And so it's, it's this whole thing. But this is what I'm seeing as a huge trend right now is these poor girls having to micromanage these poor boys who never learn the skills to manage their own life. And so it's like, okay, let's remove it and let them fail and let them learn. Mm-hmm. And we can say to them, I trust you. Mm-hmm. To make the best decision right. for our family. Right. And then you remove your energy. Right. And then what happens there is that they're then forced to engage. Uh-huh. Whereas before they just had to follow your lead. Right. And biologically speaking, they need to, they, in that male energy, they have to kind of, they have to find it themselves. Mm-hmm. And so remove your energy and let them take the lead. Mm-hmm. And it may take a while. And it's not going to be how you want, when you want, the way you want. And in your mind, you're going to do it a million times better. Mm-hmm. But you need to remove the energy and let them do it. And be prepared to be amazed. Definitely. Right? Definitely. I mean, this is a really stupid example. But, like, it kind of is in this dynamic okay. okay okay so like our whole relationship Jerome never cooked and I never expected him to cook and I never like thought he would ever cook like maybe once in a while he'd scramble eggs or whatever right but then we got this like awesome barbecue and then he literally just cooks all the time now I love him and it's amazing I don't know where I'm going with this but besides the fact that um <laughs> I now have a husband who cooks like amazing fish and amazing steak and all these things. But I also know you and you are not the type of person to stand over his shoulder telling him how to do it. Oh no. But what I have done is I just praise, praise, praise. Yeah. Because I actually mean it. Like I'm like, I can't order restaurant salmon anymore because I love this salmon so much. That's amazing. And like all he wants to do now is barbecue. I mean, this kind of happened like over like 
uh, beginning of COVID, right? Yeah. But, like, it's so great because it's such a bonus in my life I never expected. It's huge. That's but amazing. I guess my point is if I had, like, nagged him to cook, help out and cook yeah, yeah. or do something, I don't think that would have, like, probably been reciprocated very well. But he got there by himself eventually. <laughs> and also, if you were to, like, let's drill it down even more because I actually think this is a great example. If you were to give him the recipe. Right. And say, follow these instructions you would be missing out on what he would be able to create for you. And it's amazing. Can I tell you? He makes these, like, marinades and sauces from scratch, like, all by himself. I don't know where he came from. He's such a great. <laughs> it's so good, though, because you're right. Because I actually, like, and I think that the reason this happened so magically is because I am not a barbecuer. Like, I'm a, I can cook. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not a grill person. So yeah. I'm like, that's all you. Yes, because he has something to own himself. Yeah, and uh, so it's been great. I love that That's, so much. That's, you know, just a little fun story. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you another example of this that actually just came up. Okay. Um, with a client who I love and adore, and she wanted a puppy. Mm-hmm. They've got two young boys, mm-hmm. and they're in the thick of it. We all know mm-hmm. how that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted a puppy, and you can imagine what dude said. Which was like, hell no. Right. Right? Like, no, we got like, this is crazy. Right. And it became, um, I'm going to explain to him all the reasons of which we may need this puppy or right. whatever, whatever. And I'm going to micromanage it. And right. say, And so we kind of talked about it. And like, I mean, mind you, this was a small percentage of what the reading was. It was mostly about other stuff, but this came up. So I'm using it as an example. Yeah. And my advice was what? Remove your energy right from it all you need to do the male and female dances is, is so much more simpler yeah then we we turn it into so much harder complicated dynamics and it's like just state what you want uh-huh out of love just leave pictures of little puppies on his desk <laughs> like, just stand there give him little puppy dog eyes um so she did. So I was like, remove the energy. Let him have a decision in this. Right. Like this is his life too. Like right. let let's respect him. Right. And if it is not the decision you want, so be it. Right. Like respect him for this. Let's give him room, and let's remove and love him wholly, mm-hmm. where we're not judging or influencing or pushing our agenda. Mm-hmm. Just state what you want mm-hmm. and say why you want it, and remove your expectation. And um, so she did all that. And then, like, two weeks later, she texts me, like, he got it for us for Christmas. Oh. And it was so much more meaningful. Right. At that point. Right. Because she didn't push him. Right. It's, like, the same thing as pushing an apology. Right. Like, say you're sorry. Oh. Right? That's the like, worst. It's, like, it's never, it doesn't feel good. No. Like, it doesn't mean anything at that point. They're I just, demand an apology. <laughs> say you're sorry. So, anyways, I share that because I think that um, this idea is, of special versus holy is one that I go back to again and again. And each time I go back to it, I understand it differently. Mm-hmm. So, it's one of these cool spiritual philosophies that, like, constantly is with me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a very simple black and white. It's like, oh, that also applies to this. Mm-hmm. Or that's another layer to this holy versus special. Right. And it's just cool. Like, I, I, love, I love it so much. And I hope people who are listening can um, take a little nugget with them of this, of, like, wanting to love a little differently, of just respecting their partner's journey and giving them that safe space to heal themselves and allow themselves to be healed with it. I love it, too. I mean, 
this is so helpful because we've talked about this a lot, but talking about it again really makes me, um, you know, want to try to put this into my own daily life and remember that like we're all on our journeys and, uh, just give, give each other space, right? Yeah. I love this. And respect and love each other. All right, you guys. Thank you for listening. You can follow Jen on Instagram at the.soul.spot. You can maybe follow me on Instagram. My <laughs> profile might be private. Who knows? Just it's my name, at Nadia Thorman. <laughs> and we love you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.